the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to this 820 AM The Word broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. This is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, host, and I have a very special guest today that I'm really excited to hear from. His name is Dr. Vic Alinen. Been friends with Victor for 28 years, Victor. And great years they've been, brother. They have been great years, uh, and uh, thank you for joining me today on Heart of the Amen. City. You were on a few weeks ago as you were sharing about faithful men's uh, breakfast that we you have, that I am a part of in Muckleteo. Yep. And as, uh, as you and I have had uh, discussions over the last uh, few weeks, uh, I, I was really hoping that you would be able to share your personal story. And Amen. so that's where we're at today. And, uh, you know, I asked you before we started, you know, are you nervous? And you said a little bit because uh, some of our stories are not f- necessarily pleasant to share, but yet mm-hmm. we have a good and gracious God we who sure has— do been uh, faithful to us our whole lives, and we can glory in his faithfulness even when we recount some of yeah, the issues yeah, in our life. Yeah. Well, the, as you know, when, when something happens in our lives, it's a part of God building the character in our life that he wants to see, and it's called a testimony. Yeah. And in my life, Chuck, as you've seen me as I've had the privilege of pastoring you, I, uh, I've never audibly shared my testimony that I'm going to share today with anybody Um, in Faithful Men Ministries. A little shout out to Lincoln County in eastern Washington, too. We have a men's group Mm -hmm. over there. Mm -hmm. But I've never shared what I'm going to share today with you uh, to any of those guys uh, here in Mukilteo or in Lincoln. And so I, I was a little nervous because we're living in a time right now when People are full of fear and panic, and, and the, the media says we're living in a world that's never going to be the same. And I thought, I thought more than ever, our world needs to hear testimonies of guys that have been through the fire and come out the other side, mm-hmm. guys that have experienced life-changing situations. And, and, and I went through that um, 25 years ago. When I was asked to leave the Foursquare Church that I pastored, where you were a member, you and your wife and your family, my wife and I, we started that church from a Rolodex card, and, uh, and it, uh, it become a great, great church of, on a given Sunday, between four and 500 people that, uh, that unfortunately had a wounded pastor shepherding them. Yeah. Yeah, well, I remember Victor. I, I was attending a church up in Marysville, a Foursquare Church, and we were living in Muckleteo at the time. 
And uh, my wife drove by uh, Chenault Beach Road there on Muckleteo Speedway, and there was a sandwich board sign that said Foursquare Church yes. Family Life Center. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, she's like, hey, there's a Foursquare Church two miles down the road. Why are we driving so far? Amen. And Steve Thompson, who was the pastor up in Marysville at the time, I was on the board, and I said to Steve, I'm going to join Victor down in, down in Muckleteo. And so there we were, and uh, you were pastoring at a Family Life Center in Muckleteo. Yes, yes, I was. And, and, and you know, it was interesting because as I, as I started to write my testimony, I realized that uh, as, a, as a wounded shepherd, oh, incidentally, you know, they say between five and 6,000 churches close every single year. And I was thinking, Lord, I wonder how many of those close, the churches close, because they're they're being shepherded by wounded pastors. Mm-hmm. The pulpit has wounds in it, and uh, and my wound was, I was serving to get, and not serving to give. And and God revealed to me that I I had a dad, a, a Finlander dad, who uh, who never once told me that he loved me. Um, th- there was there was not a whole lot of affection shown or said in our home, the home that I grew up in. And, and I discovered something about me as I was journaling this testimony. And it was that I, I, become, I become a performance pastor. Um, my performance was about being approved. And, uh, and everywhere we went, because of that performance spirit from a woundedness in my life that I needed to be approved of, and I realized that if I worked hard, if I did things that people uh, liked, I would be liked. And, uh, and everywhere we went, um, in eastern Washington, Montana, and here in Mukotil, the, the it was like the Midas touch. That performance created something of needs in people. And, and they were getting ministered to as they started singing my praises. And... Uh, isn't that interesting? Because you know, I we've known each other for a long time. But Victor, you're an athletic guy. Mm-hmm. You're a personable guy. Yeah. You were a coach. You were a teacher. Yeah. You got a beautiful wife. I do. Great family, mm-hmm. and so people are are naturally drawn to you because yeah. of your personality. Yeah. But yet. <laughs> that can be used in the wrong way at times, can oh, it? Oh, my friend. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, my performance uh, became my identity. Hmm. My performance. And, and maybe many of those churches closing are closing because pastors need a healing. Hmm. They need to hear this testimony. There might be people out there that need to hear what I'm about ready to say because their life, a rejected life, has been about performing needing to be approved. Performance has become their identity. And, and I, I came to a place in the ministry, I, I started seeing that weakness in my life, and I, and I asked God. I said, God, what, what is my true identity? I really desired, because I understood it. I saw it. I didn't like it, but I didn't know how to deal with it. So I was asking God, what, what is my true identity in you, Christ? And you know what he said? Chuck, he said, faithful. I heard the word faithful. Be faithful. And 
and it has become my testimony. That's why our breakfast club is called Faithful Men. I started writing a book, and I started teaching men about agreeing with my testimony that God spoke that faithfulness is important in lives. But in doing that, God revealed to me, as I flick on my phone, <laughs> Luke 22, verses 31 uh, and 32. Because as I started to live out and preach and teach faithfulness, it was like at the Passover table, Jesus and Peter get into this conversation. And I love Peter because I'm so much like him. Hmm. Uh, I wished I was more like John, you know, the beloved, but I tend to be more like Peter, the egghead. And so, so here's, uh, here's what happens in, uh, in this dialogue, um, verse 31. Simon, Simon, he could, this could be like Victor, Victor, behold, Satan, and in my case, it's going to, as we're going to be sharing, it's a Jezebel spirit. Behold, Jezebel demanded to have you that he or she, because they can either be both, that Jezebel spirit, it could shift, sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faithfulness may not fail. I saw that and I thought, holy moly, Lord. And when you have turned again, you will strengthen your brothers. That was the words that Jesus gave to Simon Peter. And I thought, that is so much like what God is, was speaking to me. Now, this was back in the mid or early 90s? Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. All right. This was before I got to, uh, to uh, Family Life Center. Uh-huh. That's what the Lord was speaking That's to you. That's what the Lord was speaking to me when I was in Wilbur, mm-hmm. pastoring. Um, it said that, uh, that my faithfulness, you, you be ready, Vic, because a change is happening. A life change is coming. And, and, and it came when I got into Mocotillo. That which I remembered came, and it came in the form of a Jezebel spirit um, that wanted everything I had. Listen, this, this woman came into my life, and number one, it's like a Jezebel. That demonic spirit knows what your weakness is, mm. and they come after prophetic men that have an anointing, that have an authority. And and you remember our church? I mean, it was it was we had a twelve step program that people were getting delivered and set free, and we had a food bank going on, ministering to so many folks, and and the teaching and the worship. Oh, we had a multicultural church that just was bringing it. Yeah. But here came this Jezebel spirit, and she was coming after me. Wanted everything I had. She told me how great I was, which totally fed into my rejected inferior spirit of performance and she she gave me gifts and she gave my wife gifts she even changed her hair to look just like my wife and i thought oh man and the problem was that i bought it hook line and sinker mm. Mm. that was the i forgot my testimony of faithfulness and i found myself in a hotel room, about ready to compromise my entire life and throw away what God had spoken into me. I, re- I denied my true identity. 
I was losing something. It was there in that darkness that light shows up in the faces of my two sons. See, remember, because my dad wasn't there for me um, to show me and tell me I was something special, I had made a commitment in my heart to be the greatest father I could be. I loved my two sons and, uh, and was faithful to that. So in this dark place, um, bef- before anything happened uh, sexually, I see Joel and Jason's faces, my two sons' faces. Just as I'm looking at you right now, they were right there. I, I, said, I said, this didn't happen. Get dressed. I got dressed, and I went home, and I wept, and I repented for two weeks without telling anybody. I kept it inside. And, and, uh, and after weeping, and, you know, and I still was preaching um, with tears inside, knowing what I had did, done. And, but I felt that God had forgiven me. And, uh, and, and so I kept on pastoring and, and kept on running the 12-step program that we had, uh, the largest 12-step program in Snohomish County that dealt with the heart issues of men caught in, and ladies caught in addictions and compulsions. And, and, but I realized that God wanted something more from me. He wanted what I was asking my 12-step program people to do, that, that, uh, that step five. And, uh, and step five says this, for all of you that have struggled with addictions, you've been there. And this is an issue that I knew God had forgiven me. It says, admit to God, which I did, to ourselves, which I did. But I didn't, says to another human being, that exact nature of your wrongs. That accountability, Chuck, that I preached and I taught, I I had never brought that in this situation into my life. I had a man who was my right hand in ministering in our Wellspring home ministry. Mm -hmm. and, uh, And I decided because of accountability, because of this fifth step, that I needed to share. Remember, I hadn't spoken this to anybody. I felt God had forgiven me. I felt like I was okay and I was moving on. The spirit of rejection hadn't been dealt with yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I was still a performer, still going on. But then step six comes into play. And here's what it said, which the meeting, the breakfast, I went out and I, I bought the breakfast, <laughs> and I shared this with my brother, and I told him that no one knows this. I'd never shared this before, so I shared it, and step six came into play, and here's what step six says. We're entirely ready to have God remove the defects of character in your life. Holy moly, uh, the character flaws. That's step six. Man, it's like, okay, God, I'm yours. Do what you have to do inside of me. Wow. So what happens next? This is, that's a great question. Because for me, especially as we're coming into this Passover season, God took me to a garden of Gethsemane. 
For me, God dealing with my character flaw, my insecurity, my performance orientation, the need to have approval. Apparently, not so much from him, but Mm. from people. Mm. God took me to the garden. You see, that garden, the Gethsemane Garden, has a big stone in the middle of it. And that stone is for a purpose. If, if we're, if any of us are going to experience God's true love and his resurrection power, we need to have happened to us what God did to me in that garden. That stone, it, it, in fact, Gethsemane is called olive press. It means olive press. That stone was used to crush the olives so that the oil inside of that olive could be used for the satisfaction of people. God took me to that garden to crush me, to crush me, so that that which was inside of me, the oil of joy, (laughs) could be released, could be released. (laughs) Realizing, Realizing that I'd never shared that night with anyone I became obedient, and I shared, but I didn't expect to happen what was about ready to happen. I got crushed. Mm. I got crushed on a Monday morning knock on my door. I got crushed in my Garden of Gethsemane when that big rock, they had a rock that rolled over on the gray on the olives and that's what crushed it that rock rolling over came with a monday morning knock on my door that's when my life changed that was a life changing moment for me like there are people experiencing today from this pandemic life changing situations mine came that monday morning with that knock on the door, two of my favorite elders, whom I still endure and, and still communicate with, I, uh, I says, "Hi guys, come on in." I said, "No." Nah. He says, "Can, can, can we see you?" Yeah, come on. No, can we see you down in your office? Oh, this is a Monday morning. Yeah, I had just preached it up Sunday, right. a couple services, right? And I, and I thought, what? Why my office? Why my office? Because that was the rock that was about ready to crush me. My office was the rock rolling over my life. I went in there, and I saw 14 of our leaders, our pastors, the staff we had, and the elders, and some of the Foursquare denomination leaders, they were all in a circle, and, and they asked me what happened three years before, and I said yes. To this point, no one talked with me. I, I, I didn't even know this was going to happen, but what God showed me was this was my crushing time. Mm-hmm. This was my brokenness time, and I fell on my knees, and I started sobbing, and I I crawled to every one of them, and I asked for for their forgiveness. I asked each of my leaders 
to forgive me for what had happened three years before. For, four, for 15 years, Chuck, I'd successfully pastored churches with one bad night. Hmm. And now, now I asked, as I got myself together and I drove home, uh, how I was going to tell my wife, how I was going to tell my two sons what had just happened. What, what, what was I to do now? And I'll tell you what, on that drive home, God whispered something back into me. Remember that faithfulness, my testimony, the word that God spoke over me, be faithful. He reminded me, he says, he says, who are you? (laughs) Who are you? And then he said, who am I in you? What Jezebel meant for your destruction, I meant it for your good. And, and see, God is bigger than all the things that want to roll over and steal our identity and take our testimony. God's bigger than that. But you've got to be willing to say, I'll go to the garden, Lord. I'll go to the garden and I'll get crushed. Victor, we've got about three minutes left, and uh, we're going to go to a part two on this for next week, right? Because you certainly have a lot more of this story to tell that we want to hear. But uh, we're going to just take a break right here uh, at this this point because uh, uh, you've got a word, I know, for people who have heard this part of the story. And uh, maybe they've gone through that crushing themselves, but they haven't come out the other side like you have. And they're sensing that and they're feeling that right now. Mm-hmm. And I'd just love for you to uh, talk to them about someone who's gone through it. Amen. And then where you're at right now. Amen. I, I, it's kind of in closing, um, I, I look forward to coming back next week because a testimony, releasing One's testimony is extremely important in lives, and we all have one, but we don't know how to search for it yet. For some of us, this this season, this Passover season, this might be your time to say, I'll go to the garden. Well, it it may be that time, and, um, you know, all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen. The Bible says that. But whoever confesses their sin, the Scripture says in First John, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. And it has nothing to do with how pleasant we are, yeah. how good-looking we are, yeah. how talented we are. Yeah. Any of that, Amen. it has everything to do with his grace, his love, yes. his faithfulness yes. in our lives. Amen. And as we acknowledge that today, we just say, thank you, Jesus, for the blood that was shed Hallelujah. on the cross for us. Hallelujah. You know, uh, you can hear more of this story. You're going to be able to hear next week's story as well. Uh, the podcasts are available at thewordseattle.com. You can click on Heart of the City and uh, go to the uh, to the program that says Victor Alinen, uh, Faithful Men's uh, Ministry, 
And uh, if you want to reach out to Vic and, and have a conversation with him, I know, Victor, you're always yes, available to I do am. that. Yep. You can uh, read some of uh, Victor's blogs at victoralinen.com, and Alinen is A-L-I-N-E-N. So it's Victor, V-I-C-T-O-R-A-L-I-N-E-N.com. And, uh, Victor, thank you for joining me today. Let's, we've got about 35 seconds. Just close us in a word of prayer, will you? Love to. Father, I thank you, first of all, for Chuck, that our friendship, because of my lack, hasn't fallen away. That is true faithfulness. I speak faithfulness over the people that are listening to this, that their lives would be testimonial in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to this 820 AM, the word special heart of the city. For more information on how your pastor or your ministry can be featured on 820 AM, the word call Chuck Olmstead. 206-269-6216 206-269-6216 or go to thewordseattle.com.